Hello, I'm David Brunner, the founder and CEO of Module Q, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. Uh, I truly do go around the world and get the best apppreneurs, the the most inspirational uh, developers, and and anyone who's really doing something in the app world, and they bring them to to you in the form of an interview, so that it helps you. Uh, leave your corporate job and go and do something fantastic with your life. So this is a, going to be a great episode. Stay tuned. I've got uh, the uh, founder of App Press. Uh, his name is Grant Glass. And he, if you go to www.app-press.com, then you can find out all about uh, the uh, website and uh, what they're doing there. Um, but let me introduce uh, Grant. Uh, welcome to the App Guy podcast, Grant. Thank you, Paul. Happy to join you today. That t- tell us about AppPress then, because it is a beautiful website. Definitely people should check it out at app-press.com. Uh, what is it you're trying to do with apps? Yeah, so the original concept of AppPress came from, I was actually a creative creative director for five years before founding the company. So my responsibilities entailed building a print magazine, believe it or not, uh, month in and month out. So I, inside of Adobe InDesign and using Photoshop and Illustrator, would build a 52-page print publication. And in 2010, when the iPad came out, I wanted to build an iPad app. Being a magazine print designer, I obviously saw uh, the, the, the handwriting on the wall that, you know, that's where the industry was moving towards and I needed to evolve my profession. So I really was searching for a tool where I could utilize my, uh, Adobe skill set and creative cloud. And there really wasn't a tool available at the time. So I met my, uh, other co-founder, Kevin Smith, and we started to have a couple of ideas of ways a a non-developer like myself, so I can't write any type of code to build an app, could actually build a mobile application. And we started to come up with some of the concepts um, that you do see in like Keynote, PowerPoint, Photoshop, where somebody familiar enough with, you know, building a presentation could build a mobile application. And that's really where the idea and concept behind AppPress came from is, hey, let's put the power to build a mobile app into the hands of somebody who could build a presentation, knows their way around Photoshop, and maybe interesting things uh, could happen. And uh, they did. (laughs) It turns out a lot of people are interested in a solution like that. Yeah, I can imagine that the idea is absolutely awesome because if you think about the web and the evolution of the web, uh, we have a lot of resources uh, like uh, Squarespace and others where we can build websites without knowing any of the underlying code. It's almost like a drag and a drop and a beautiful template that we use. So if I understand you correctly, then what you're trying to do is uh, you're doing that for apps where you can build like you would be building a presentation for Keynote or PowerPoint, but you end up with an app. 
That's correct. And you know what's interesting, Paul, and you touched on it right there with the Squarespace example, that's the next evolution. And even before websites, it was video. So if you think of editing a video in the 80s and 90s, you would use uh, systems like an Avid machine where you'd actually have a whole room of equipment. And to edit a video was an extremely complex and expensive thing to do. And then as time went on, it became easier and easier to nowadays you're editing video right there on your iPhone in a matter of seconds and it costs nothing. Um, and so through the evolution, you saw video, then you see what's happening with websites now. A lot of these companies uh, that you mentioned, uh, Squarespace, they're running ads during the Super Bowl. They've got Jeff Bridges in their ads. So what, what's the next evolution in this kind of drag and drop non-coding? Well, it's building an app. And you're seeing several competitors to AppPress pop up that do this. And we're very excited uh, because we feel like we're the tip of the spear in this new digital evolution where you're talking about having a platform that's going to enable millions of people to build app, not just a select few developers. And you must have uh, really had some technical challenges to deliver this project. How important has it been to have a, a co-founder alongside you so that you could tackle this uh, with um, you know, more brain power? Oh, I mean, having a co-founder with a technical skill set was immensely helpful, especially getting off the ground. Um, because I believe somebody that doesn't have a technical skill set or background like myself, having the idea and taking it to potentially a development studio and paying out of my own pocket uh, to get that built would be difficult because it'd be hard for me to manage the timelines um, and, and to truly understand the ins and outs of what's being built. So that technical co-founder helped me a lot. But Paul, I've read some things that have discussed like the importance of a technical co-founder uh, or somebody on your team, a CTO, that is very solid technical background. And you look at some different types of startups that didn't have a technical co-founder and how they have um, launch their product and there's a way of doing that so it's you know I don't want to discourage anybody listening that says oh you absolutely need a technical co-founder in order to make your idea a reality um, it just takes a little bit more research but I think it can be done without a technical co-founder as well you see Grant there's a lot of uh, people listening to this right now who are getting inspired and it's because listening to you you know we can get into the app world without having a technical background uh, obviously what's important is is uh, having someone on your team or meeting a co-founder how did you go about meeting your co-founder was that someone you were working with perhaps you could just give us a, a sense of how you did it so that we could emulate you know the the, the same thing for ourselves yeah actually kevin uh worked right beside me um we in our company he was the web developer and i was the graphic designer and we'd just bump into each other you know as we were eating lunch or in the hallway and i noticed that he had an iphone and i had an iphone as well so we usually talk about the apps that we liked now granted you know this was back in 2009 um, when the iphone was kind of new and shiny just a couple of years in and as we had that conversation and we saw the ipad come out i was just like 
man, I'd love to build an iPad app. And he was saying, well, I've actually built a couple of iPhone apps in my spare time. And that's really where the sparks, the idea sparks started to fly. And we, we were like, okay, what can we build? What can we do? And I had so many ideas and I was sending him all of these ideas. And I'd say, hey, could you build this? Could you build this? And I'd send artwork over. And I think he eventually got <laughs> a little bit annoyed with me um, because I kept sending him so much stuff. And he's like, hey, what if you had a tool to build it? And that really goes back to the beginning story I talked about saying, yeah, if I had a tool where I could utilize my skill set to build this app, then I think we could actually be on to something. And the, the very first app I ever built was actually with the uh, first prototype of AppPress. Now, that is immensely cool. Uh, you're getting a lot of people excited here because I can almost feel the energy of when you were having those conversations with your co-founder. And a lot of people would have had those conversations and done nothing, but you took it one step further and, and actually built a, you know, a company and, and you started something. T tell us what it was like uh, to overcome the fear of leaving that that stable company and that stable income that you had and you and your co-founder then starting up another uh, company, a startup. Well, how did you overcome that fear factor? Yeah, that was actually, you know, in retrospect today, that was about five years ago. And that was one of the most difficult decisions I had to make. And if it weren't for the support of, I, I think, my family and most importantly, my wife, uh, I, don't, I couldn't have done it. Um, you got to have people on your back, on your side that believe in you and kind of really give you that, yeah, you should give it a shot. And still today, I look back at that decision and I, I talk to people that have ideas that are thinking about quitting their day jobs and quitting that day job is the hardest decision, one of the hardest decisions because it is a huge risk. Uh, and, and you got to have a couple of validation points before you, you, you make that decision. And I think we had proven enough along the way to make it the, to mitigate the risk a little bit. Um, but again, it goes back to having a couple of people on your side, uh, your significant other, your family members giving you that pat of encouragement saying, yeah, you should do this. Take a chance. Well, that's good advice for those listening Grant and I, I just wondered, it, did you actually bootstrap this idea yourself um, or did you initially raise a, a small amount of money from angel investors? How did you go about funding uh, your uh, initial prototype and, and building the startup? Yeah, Paul, it was actually bootstrapped out of the gate. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, when Kevin and I were discussing uh, the idea of building an app, we were struggling with what type of app we were actually going to build. And that's when my wife, Gina, she came home to me one night and she said, I've got an idea. How about you build my grandma's Italian cookbook? And I know everyone's kind of rolling their eyes right now a little bit, but let me tell you a little bit about my wife's grandma. She's, she's very old. Um, her family comes from Italy and she has a bunch of fabulous Italian recipes. And I was like, you know what? That's actually not a bad idea because one, I love the food that uh, the recipes are delicious. And I think people would be interested in learning about that story where all these recipes come from. And on top of that, they're delicious. So we built the app. 
Uh, the app took me six days to build in the first prototype version of AppPress. So I built it completely code free. And a funny thing happened. Um, turns out a lot of people wanted to uh, download the Italian cookbook. And it quickly shot up the ranks in the uh, iTunes store to the top 10. And over the course of 30, 60 days, it almost made uh, my entire year's salary. And once that happened, Kevin and I realized we were onto something because I was able to build an idea with no coding experience using AppPress and then thousands and thousands of people downloaded it from the App Store. And with that money, it made quitting my job a little less of a risk because we knew we could at least bootstrap it for a couple of months. So I had a little bit of money in the pocket where it, it made that risk right out of the gate a little bit lower. And we were able to build apps for folks using AppPress and bootstrap this thing actually for several months after we both quit our jobs full time. So it was those validation points I kind of touched on earlier is something that we saw, okay, we, we can make a little bit money and this is working. So it's, you know, just checking things off the list going, okay, this is working. This is working. I can take this risk now. I can take this risk now. So Grant, I have to say that, uh, there's a, a lot of people listening to this now who uh, envy the idea of uh, releasing an app and getting into the top 10 on uh, the <laughs> Apple App Store. How did it feel then when you uh, you released the app and you had it approved by Apple and you must have logged into your uh, stats? And, and what was it like when, I'm guessing it was a paid app, uh, to see like this immense amount of downloads uh, over those 60 days? What did that feel like? It was complete shock. And I, most people ask the clients we work with today, you know, how do I get featured on the homepage of the App Store? Um, we've actually had clients of AppPress and customers replicate that same story where they've been highlighted on the homepage of the App Store. So I was ecstatic. But it turns out getting highlighted on the homepage of the App Store really isn't as hard as you think it is. Um, if you have an app that's very well designed and has content people will love, Apple usually finds that, seeks it out, and places it on the homepage of the App Store. Um, and, and I've seen this numerous times where it's just like if it looks sharp, if it's got a lot of great content in there, it's going to be successful. Uh, and that's really the recipe for, for making it to the homepage of the App Store. People think it's some mysterious thing that would be impossible to get to. And if you are able to get to the homepage of the App Store, that, you know, it's going to be millions and millions of dollars where, you know, typically that's not the case uh, because you're only up there for a couple of days. But when you are up there, you can make thousands and thousands of dollars very, very quickly. So I guess that the number of different monetization strategies that you can have with AppPress is quite large because not only can you become an app agency and use AppPress to build apps for others who, uh, you know, maybe not don't don't have the inclination to uh, build an app and just want to outsource it, uh, but you could also just do your own apps like you're talking about the Italian cookbook. Uh, it, uh, are there any other sort of ways you, that the users can use AppPress to monetize, um, you know, what they do? Yeah, we've we've found several. We work with companies large and small building all different types of apps. So 
one thing I think is uh, worth mentioning, Paul, is, okay, what can actually be built in that press? That's a question I get a lot. And I, it's simple. You can build anything except for a game inside of app press. So we've got large healthcare providers building apps that are internal apps that don't even go to the homepage of the app store that allow them to utilize their staff that don't have development skill sets to build an app much, much at a much lower cost. Uh, we also have, this is another cool story, work with individuals, just one-off designers that have a cool idea. Uh, we have a customer in Napa Valley in California. He's a, sing uh, he's a, a small agency. His name is Tyson. He came to us with an idea and he said, Grant, I've got the best Caesar salad recipe ever. And I'm going to build an app after uh, based on that. And I said, you're going to build an app that has one recipe in it just for a Caesar salad. That's it. And he said, yes. I thought it was the craziest idea I've ever heard. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be down public <laughs> at all. Well, he built it, took him about 10 days inside of app press. And that's one of the apps that Apple actually hand selected to go on the homepage of the app store. Uh, this thing has been downloaded in over a hundred different countries. It has been uh, reviewed on the app store hundreds of times. It has a five-star rating Turns out the best Caesar, that's the name of the app, the best Caesar, it is the best Caesar salad you will ever make. Um, and it's a pretty cool story because Tyson just had a crazy idea and he used that press because to me, Paul, it's about dipping your toe in the water, right? You got to test something. You have to have an MVP or a minimal viable product to put in people's hands to express your idea. And if we can provide you the tool to do that, you know, some magical things can happen along the way. So that's one of the things I emphasize to all entrepreneurs, to customers of AppPress, get something out there into the hands of people. Do whatever it takes to do that because uh, that's where the conversation starts when they have something visual they can interact with, um, especially if it's in the form of an app and they're holding it in the hand and they're device that you know they carry with them at all times it's going to be an extremely effective way to communicate your ideas just dipping your toes in the water and building something well this is great firstly it's great that you've actually brought this to the world you know the fact that you've opened it up to non-developers non-coders to, to make the most of the app uh, app store i think it's uh, uh, an exceptional um, you know platform and uh, there's two things we need to do, though, Grant, before we say goodbye to you. One is that uh, I do like to try and flesh out ideas, uh, given that you've built a platform where all we need is an idea that we can deliver an app. I wondered if uh, you had any ideas that you've come into contact with or you, you have at the moment that you could share with us. And, uh, yeah, do you have a good app idea? Yeah, <laughs> I love the question, Paul, because that... I am faced with that every day is I've got an idea for an app. And, you know, that's a common thing in culture today is somebody's like, oh, I got a great app idea. And I hear those every single day. And it's funny that somebody asked me, hey, what's your idea for the next great app? And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you kind of put me on the spot there, Paul. You know what? I, I, I have been toying around in my head with, uh, um, with the Apple Watch coming out. And if – 
you know, I, I believe notifi- push notifications are going to become much more prevalent and also beacons. So making uh, the space around you aware uh, to your device. So, you know, you have geofencing today. And for those listeners that don't know what geofencing is, it's um, you can actually set up a perimeter around like a large soccer stadium that sends you a push notification if you enter the stadium. But with beacons, uh, what you can actually do is make that like a 10-foot radius. And you can spread beacons all around like a museum or store. So that way, if you're walking around a small space, you could actually insert uh, or come into a a radius of a 10-foot and receive a push notification. So I'm starting to think of an app where you're interacting with message boards via push notification, where you're going in and out of different physical locations. So to give you a concrete, uh, uh, I think, analogy for apps that are out there that would utilize this, you kind of look at uh, Yik Yak or Secretly, and they have message boards and posting boards. Well, what if you could leave a message board based on where you're at location-wise and then a friend walks into that and they see that notification come up and they can add to the message board. So it's a way of making notifications and real world interaction with locations based on beacons, um, one giant app. Now, it's a very complex app idea, a lot of moving pieces where you're utilizing not only the app, but push notifications to wearable devices and beacons. But I think you're going to start to see those types of apps become commonplace. Uh, wearables, that's the next big thing. When the Apple Watch comes out here in the next you know, 30, 60 days, it's going to be a gold rush to see what type of apps come out that really utilize that notification and can send you the appropriate notifications on your risk. And wouldn't that be cool? If they sent you notifications based on where you were at in a physical location and it knew it, so you'd be like, oh, that's actually very cool that I got that notification. And oh, right there is the Starbucks that I can use this you know, $2 off or whatever have you. So that's my app idea at a high level. Brad, um, but- I absolutely love it because uh, you've already got me thinking of – uh, you know, some of those films, do you remember the uh, old espionage films where you would have to meet uh, a spy at a certain location and then you would do an envelope drop and uh, uh, you could almost do that with the Apple Watch, you know, where they can only get the message if they go to a certain location and uh, then they, they pick it up either via uh, some sort of vibration on their wrist, uh, you know, SOS or, uh, um, you know, they get a message on the Apple Watch. But uh uh, that, that that is an awesome idea. Uh, bingo, Paul. That's what I'm talking about. We can maybe, maybe it's called double O. Yeah, double O eight. And you're getting the messages on your wrist that way, but you can only get the message if you meet at the physical location. That's ah, what I'm talking about. There you That's go. Easy. And then you, you you can incorporate it with some kind of fitness as well. So, you know, like you could say, uh, you know, lose weight by uh, getting your messages, but then you have a circuit to run around to pick up the messages. <laughs> Bingo. And I think of scavenger hunts or uh, if you have a big event, say like the the Super Bowl here in the U.S. or a big uh, football match in the U.K. where you go to the event and it's kind of like a scavenger hunt. So you're walking around and you're getting messages to the watch and you can win something based on that. So 
you could get me going for hours. I should probably stop here, Paul. <laughs> I know you're, you're getting me going as well because I can imagine brands, yeah, just giving away, you know, the first 10 uh, people that find a particular location, giving out clues. Uh, they they win, you know, the uh, competition and they pick up the prize. Uh, this, this is great. What a great future. Great idea. I think that's one of the, the best ideas we've had, Grant, in 253 episodes. So um, <laughs> Somebody's going to build it, Paul. Uh, if it's not me, know. somebody listening, I think is going to build this. <laughs> I, and you know, that, you know the disheartening thing is it's a great idea and uh, someone will build it, not make any money on it. And then all you did is took your uh, Italian grandma's uh, cookbook book and <laughs> <laughs> right right exactly exactly so and the lesson is that we just do not know uh, and we cannot predict what is going to be successful or not i guess it's just the art of delivering uh, the apps and uh, trying different things uh, dip so, your toes in the water you got to dip your toes in the water you got to get something out there so the last thing grant is that this is an app guy podcast show we love talking about apps i wondered if you had a smartphone with uh, one or two apps you could recommend to us uh, either in your business or personal life uh, you know maybe those apps that you you feel that we haven't come across before yeah i'd be happy to do that paul and i i won't do any same shameless self-promotion so i'll well maybe a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you could have one from app press if you yeah. want <laughs> <laughs> so i would download the best caesar um, that was Tyson's app. He built it utilizing AppPress. It's free in the App Store. And I have made the best Caesar. It is the best Caesar salad you will ever have. I, I guarantee you, if you don't believe me, read the reviews in the App Store. So it's the best Caesar. Uh, if you search that, you can download it for free. I'd definitely check that out. And then also, I think from a productivity standpoint, I love Fantastical. Um, so that's the calendar app that I utilize, not affiliated with them whatsoever, but it's a well-designed app. Um, it keeps me on task um, and allows me to look at my calendar quickly and effectively. I know a lot of people out there are searching for a great calendar app uh, to you know, keep track of uh, their reminders, all of their maybe work schedule and personal schedule. Fantastical has been a really good one that has worked out well for me. Yeah, I would actually encourage uh, anyone who is using default apps to just highly, uh, you know, think about going to Fantastical or uh, Sunrise or whatever the uh, calendar app. But you know, get a move away from these default apps because it's it's you know so much better when you get a third party app that is it just all the different things that it can do. I feel like a lot of people just get so used to default apps and uh, you know for mail and for calendar and for contacts. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yep. That's a good recommendation. So, yeah, if anyone's struggling to, uh, you know, find those things, well, we're living in the age of Google, I'm sure it's pretty easy, but you can go to theappguy.co and just search out episode 253 uh, with Grant Glass and you'll see uh, links to that and to all your contact information as well, Grant. But it would be nice to know how best to reach out and connect with you. Yeah, I think one of the things that would be, if you have an app idea or interested in building an app, our team would love to help. Uh, you can go to our website, and Paul, you mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. It's www.app-press.com, and if you just fill out a contact us form, happy to give anybody access to App Press so they could start building their app idea, or also happy to jump on the phone and discuss that idea and maybe ways in which you could uh, utilize our design team to build it. I realize not 
many people might not have the design chops to build something inside of AppPress, and that's where uh, we can, our team can also help you build it inside of your account. Great, Grant. It's been an absolutely amazing and inspirational episode. Thank you so much for coming on the show and the App Guy podcast. We fully appreciate all those stories, the top ten Italian cookbook uh, story and uh, App Press and. Uh, everything so thank you so much for sharing those insights and uh, what a truly inspirational episode thanks a lot paul it was my pleasure thank you for inviting me and uh, looking forward to listening to the podcast the uh, app guy podcast here in the future